Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your dial. That boy, the fresh one, is in the hot seat today. You are tuned into the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they're amazing, ladies and gentlemen. We got special guests. We got uh, two of my guys, my staples here in the building. Um, it's going to be a good show. I'm glad y'all are tuned in. Uh, first up, Mr. Faison, what's popping, dog? Life. I'm good. Hey. I'm good, though. I just got some uh, interesting news about the house and about the roof. Got to be repaired or replaced. Uh, so that's uh, annoying. At 4.59, got a phone call from the insurance company. So that's always good to go when they call you that late. You can't call back because they're gone. So <laughs> that's fun. Other than that, good, man. <laughs> exactly. They got me. All right. Yeah. Face on. Thank you very much. Good night. Click. Come back. Wait. And we're closed. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's right, world. If y'all um, have been tuning from the beginning, my my dog is taking that leap. He's gotten that first rental property. We are well into the way of um, Alfio Homes um, taking over. So um, you know, y'all just be uh be make sure to stay tuned in. Encourage some questions for my guy if y'all want to jump into that realm. But we definitely gonna be doing some uh, uh, group investing once he really gets things popping. Oh BJ. yeah. Oh my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> BJ, my dog, what's going on, yes, Mr. Jones? We all good, man. Entering this week of reminding everybody about how thankful we should be. Looking forward to the week and getting some rest, man. But other than that, we all good down this way, man. Yeah, a lot of y'all already had y'all turkey because this will drop on yeah, Friday. It'll drop afterwards. But, but either way, it, it ain't just about being thankful on Thanksgiving, right? Be right. thankful every day. Understand, know it, feel it in your bones. Um, don't just let the one day that you eat turkey be the day that you were thankful. You should be thankful for 364 other days um, and 365 on a leap year. There you go. You dig. Um, so if you guys were tuning in a couple weeks ago, which I know you were, we were talking about plant-based um, living. Uh, where we had my guy BJ. He went uh, through some plant-based crumbles in the spaghetti on his kids. Uh, the verdict's still out on whether or not they get down with that <laughs> no, program. They still don't know. <laughs> don't talk too loud, man. <laughs> However, in having that conversation, we got a lot of people who, you know, also had been dibbling and dabbling and, and kind of, you know, hopscotching with whether or not they were going to take that that venture. Um, I got one of my guys, actually my college roommate. This is my dude right here. Um, known this man a long time. 36 uh, W. Exactly. <laughs> um, this man has been a personal trainer. This man has been a PE instructor, a youth coach. Um, he's been a model. This big, this dude is like 627 and big, big chocolate model dude and all of that. Pause. Um, but, you know, right now he's a market development manager at PepsiCo, uh, Gatorade to be exact. Am I correct? Correct. Right correct. Um, but also has taken the entrepreneurial endeavors and ventures. He is a personal chef. Um, well, I just want to say chef. I don't even want to say personal because you do corporate things too. Wherever they got that money at, you're going to cook, right? That's the goal, man. Make good food, good flavor, wherever you want me. I'm trying to be there, baby. Yes, sir. Y'all make some noise for P. Diddy in the bed of Patrick Quinn. Yes, Thank sir. You yes, sir. Thank, yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. It's an honor and a pleasure. <laughs> My dude. <laughs> yes, sir. So, so tell us a little bit about Patrick Quinn. What, what, 
what started your journey? How did you get into corporate America? Because I know you've kind of um, dibbled and dabbled in a few industries. Tell us a little bit about your journey to, to now. Well, I'll tell you to get straight to it. I was in education and I was frustrated. I had a master's degree and I just felt that I was not getting what I was worth in that space. So literally, I became the teacher who was frustrated and then every day when I went home, my second job was finding a new career. I spoke to many teachers and there's tons of teachers that are frustrated and it's not to knock the industry, but unfortunately it's an industry that you just don't get the financial reward for the effort you put in. And it got to a point for me where I just needed to make a change. So I put forth the effort of making a change and literally every day after school, I would just constantly put out my resume, look for opportunities. My bachelor's is in exercise science, so I know I wanted to be in something in the athletic field. So I was just searching and searching and searching. And I honestly, it was, things happen for a reason and the right time. So I actually ended up applying to the role that PepsiCo had, which was on, on the Gatorade brand. And they were literally just starting this new sales slash marketing team. And my uh, graduate degree background, my teaching background, being a personal trainer and a strength coach, all just really uh, came together in the right time for the role that was available. So it was a great time and an effort in knowing when I was ready to switch and get into this corporate opportunity, corporate industry. Awesome. Like they say, uh, you know what success is when preparation meets opportunity. Never lied, man. That's what's up. So you're in your uh, nine to five, you're in Gatorade world. You, you, you said, you know, dealing with teaching wasn't your, your, your jump, but what, what made you say, you know what, Gatorade wasn't enough or what, what, what brought that extra itch to you to say, you know what, there's, there's more, there's more to me. There's more that I want to do. Well, it's interesting when you get into the corporate America and you have a, with a large company, there's a lot of directions that you can go to grow, excuse me, within um, a company like PepsiCo, which Gatorade is a brand under PepsiCo. Literally, it's an international company. So if you make the right connections, meet the right people, you, you gain the right skill set, you can literally go anywhere in the world to work for the company. And for me, it got to a point where I've been with Gatorade almost almost eight years now. And in my role, it's not that um, I don't find the joy, but I've been able to find additional joy in something that is going to allow me to really flourish and be even more creative and ultimately give me more ownership. And I think that's a big part me. Everybody cannot is not going to own their own business. Somebody is going to be working for somebody. But at some point when you just realize that you have a skill set and you want to maximize what you can make from that skill set, you have to put yourself in a position where you own your talent. Because if you're always using your skill set to work for somebody else, you're never going to get more than what somebody else thinks you deserve. So I got to a point with Gatorade where I'm still in the company, I'm doing my thing, but I realized I want to get more than what somebody else feels I deserve. And my mentality was when I jumped into cooking is that I realized as long as I make great food, as long as I provide great service, I will always get paid what I deserve. And nobody can stop me. Nothing's going to stop me but me. So I like being in a position where I'm the only person I can get in my way and I'm not trying to trip myself up. That's beautiful. I mean, that's um, like one of the biggest things I stress to, to people who, who look to truly understand the power of being an entrepreneur. While it isn't always easy, it's about that understanding that you have the ability to um, command to, to, to get what you are owed and, and deserve as opposed to getting what is, is given to you. Um, 
I think another piece that you 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 discussed was that you um that 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 mentality of of having your own and being able to even though you're in your career, you're satisfied in your career, understanding that there's more for you and being able to um I think that enough of us don't take the opportunity to to find the things that we're just innately good, great at and and, and find a way to monetize them, right? A lot of people get too um nervous in a sense about being uh about monetizing things that they are innately good at because you take it for granted but that's kind of the beauty and really what you're supposed to do in order to really fuel your life in a sense is once you're able to take those things that are so innate and easy for you to do but monetize them so that you live an enriched <laughs> life where you feel that you're accomplishing what you want somebody's to. saying good night you say good night to the guy xavier good night x-man what's good, good night Hey, hey, hey. Daddy shared some information about his life, man. Talk about these gentlemen I went to college with. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I used well, to stay with your daddy in, in, the, in the apartment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there you oh, go. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. <laughs> and as y'all can see, um, Pat is also one of the first people who participated in the cloning program. He cloned himself. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, they say that's my twin. They say that's my twin. Little P Diddy. That's your clone. That ain't no twin, brother. That is a clone. That is uh that is far P far past the twin. Far past the twin. Gemini man. Gemini exactly. man. <laughs> Being able to take that um, you know, take your talents and and really see in yourself and take that that step, that leap. Not many do it. Um but nah, I definitely commend you for, for being able to take that opportunity, see mm -hmm. see what you had in yourself, but really say, you know what, I deserve to monetize this, right? I deserve to find a way to to feed this um this 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 uh talent that I have, this gift that I have. So I think this also ties back to, and this is just me knowing knowing Pat from from UM. I this this is the same person that I've known my entire life through knowing him like he's not divulged or changed the way he speaks the way his mentality is the way his passion is it's been the same at different fields different parts of life but even going to you know meetings or going to the gym or wherever it may be when we're on campus walking past 36w and then going to 42k where i stayed the same message the same person that he is today is who he was then he just has a bigger platform now to share that and everyone else can see what he's been teaching for years so I, I gotta say that I do admire that you've been the same person in the sense of the message you've given you've gotten stronger and you've gotten wiser but your message has been the same since I met your freshman year or hey, sophomore year that. wow <laughs> that's humbling I think, I'm about to say I think that's actually one of the things that made me resonate with like Pat probably one of the only guys who could get as loud as me and still you know be able to hold that attention to the room and, and still <laughs> things popping. so it, it was it's always been one of those where like yeah that, that was my dude. Um, so getting into cooking, what I remember, and I tell you all the time, I'm not even gonna drop. We 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 me and P been talking behind scenes about some things we used to do back in the dorm because we used to cook a lot back in the dorm. Um, shout out to my guy Alvin. Well, last time. Oh yeah. Alvin. Dude on the couch. Yo, <laughs> that's super <laughs> Asian right there, though. <laughs> super Asian man. now. Hey, hey, he used to have the groceries on Lidadoc, like Lidadoc. Um, <laughs> Alvin. But, 
going back, what was what are some of your first memories cooking? What got you really into like what started your passion of cooking? Man, um, we're just gonna look at college. Uh, I think even back then, I cooked for the reaction. I wanted to be able to make something and see people eat it and see a smile on their face, see the eyebrow raise, or to have that pause like, hey, this is good. And I and I remember when I made that that cornbread with that mango, it was apricot glaze. Apricot glaze. And I was like, man, Cash really loved this. And it's just something <laughs> about that back then was great. And then there was a pause for me for a few years. And then I'll say maybe it's back like maybe 2005, 2006. Um, I really, you know, I was um, single and I know I had to eat. I wasn't trying to eat out a lot. So I was just experimenting, just making different things and enjoying it. And sometimes when I was dating back then, you know, you cook for a lady and you see her happy, she ain't spitting it out like, oh, okay, guess I know what I'm doing. Yes, so you start uh, getting compliments yes, from people uh, that you cook for, like, okay, that's not bad. Um, but recently, I just really started to push myself more because I remember vividly, I was having a conversation with my manager at Gatorade and we were at a meeting and somehow I, in the conversation, I told him and his wife, I said, you know what, if I ever won a lotto, I would stop working and I would just go to culinary school. But then a light bulb went off. I said, why the heck do I have to wait to win a lot or go to culinary school? I don't. Mm -hmm. So for a while, I'll put this idea of what I wanted to do in this, in this, fantasy. I guess, uh, yeah, in a glass, little, glass case. Like, okay, if all these things line up, I can finally take that case off and do it. But the only thing I needed to do was to say, you know what? Make it happen. So literally from that discussion, I said, you know what? Let me look into culinary school. So this is probably two years ago. And I went from the idea to looking up culinary schools and trying to figure out what program can I get into, what financial makes sense, when can I start, and did the due diligence. And I looked up some programs and I was actually enrolled in a program. And what's crazy is when you think you have a plan, sometimes your plan is just to start and then end, but you don't know What's going to happen in between the start and the end? So it's funny that I know I could cook, I want to cook, and I want to cook for a lot of people. I started a program, enrolled in a program. Little did I know the program was going to shut down. So some people may say, well, that's just the universe telling me I ain't supposed to do this. But no, that's not it. You just realize that, hey, this is going to make my story greater. That the program that I wanted, that I enrolled in, uh, was Artist Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And literally, it was three weeks from starting up, I got a phone call. No, I had an email first, then a phone call. Hey, sorry, we had to close the campus down. If you're interested, we have a campus in Tampa. You can enroll in that at a discounted price, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not moving to Tampa just to go to culinary school. That's a bit much. So lo and behold, a friend of mine who's an excellent chef, um, this guy, uh, Richard Ingram, a lot of people know him. Yeah. I used to work with him. He was at Miami Northwestern. So I was very cool with him. He had a pop-up event at a restaurant in, in Wynwood. I happened to go out there to support him. So I always try to support when I can. And at the restaurant, literally, end up having a conversation with an um, actual executive chef there and then his assistant and let them know I was going to start culinary school. And from there, I told him, hey, he actually mentioned to me, well, you know, 
if you want to volunteer, you know, we have opportunity. You can come in and volunteer. I was like, oh, never thought about that. So to try to shorten it up, ultimately when that one door closed, the new door opened. So literally, instead of me going to culinary school, I did a year-long internship at a restaurant. So I literally got hands-on experience mm. being in a live kitchen mm. as a prep as a um, prep cook. Got a chance to work on the line a little bit and really learn a little bit more about the business, understood more, learned from chefs who had been to great culinary school. So it was an amazing experience that I never would have expected. Mm-hmm. And all it cost me was my time yeah. and my effort and energy and willingness to adjust my schedule to be there to learn and soak up this information and to help out. Um, so I think I was about to go into the next question you're going to ask me. So I'm going to cut it off here, but literally it's just those discussions, that belief in myself and leading to the fact that say, you know what I'm going to do culinary school didn't work out. So I say, you know what, here's the opportunity. I'm going to take it. And I worked in that kitchen and being in that kitchen helped develop the confidence. Cause if you don't have the confidence in a live kitchen, you're either going to get somebody sick you're going to cost the restaurant money, or they can say, you know what, appreciate it, but you need to go. And yeah. he didn't tell me I had to go. So I did all right. Yeah, I had was free. Every day I came, he didn't say, uh, what What you here for? Well, uh, hey, right? <laughs> After yesterday, I thought you would have realized this was uh, <laughs> Before you go forward, Diddy, I, I think is that's, that message is quite important that, you know, no matter what industry you're in, you know, if you can't afford to go, for instance, you can't afford to go to school for this. There's always opportunities to intern, to volunteer your time, to start somewhere. And they say start from the bottom and work your way to the top through that. That's a true statement. And I mean, one, you just saw, you heard it live in live action. But there are many, many fields you can go into wherever you want to do and learn that, learn that profession, learn it from the inside out. And you make it more out of that. Yeah, you can go back to school, understand the technicalities of things you learn. But to have that hands-on experience, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's like trades. You can't get that. It just, you got to do it sometimes. There, there are several things that Pat talked about in, that, in that, that snippet that we've covered over the last probably six, seven months. I want to make sure we circle back and hit each one though, because I'm doing what I heard. The first thing was the the passion of did you feel inside yourself? Did you you had that realization that why am I not pursuing this, right? Um, why why am I holding back? Why why am I gonna wait till I get to the point where if I ever win the lottery, then I'm gonna pursue my passion or my dream, right? And the frustration with either leaving teaching and going to PepsiCo and then figuring out where that whatever the case may be the background for that it really is identifying what that passion is what what drives you and figuring out okay what's the next step why am i going to wait the second thing i heard is the traditional way of of doing things is not always the way to get it done um and that could be in traditional education whether it is in essence going to school going to college and pursuing the traditional traditional college prep and going out in the workforce but as we be willing to invest the time and the sweat and learning from somebody, going back to old things like apprenticeships, um, internships, the way you got the hands-on experience from professionals who are willing to share their knowledge to individuals who are willing to come up. And again, that, that hits home for me, and that's where my head is going for my school eventually anyway, is to the traditional track of, of getting kids interested, back interested into doing for them, what they want to do, what they love to do, and the academic piece is there, but you build that around what they hone in on. That's a whole nother section for a whole nother day. But after that, 
it was willing, you said another key thing, willing to invest your time and willing to um, sacrifice that time. And instead of sacrifice the money to go to the culinary school and then follow their curriculum schedule to get you where you're at, you're willing to say, hey, first of all, you spoke about it, spoke up and let other people know your dream and your passion and putting it out there in the universe is the first step. But after that, you're willing to adjust your time to, you know what? Okay, so it didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. That's not a roadblock. That's just, a, like you said, one door shuts, another door opens. And people take that closed door sometimes as, like that. that's my sign from the almighty or from the universe saying I don't need to do this. No, that's just saying that that's not the way you're supposed to go. Figure out the other way. So I wanna make sure we recap that because those were key things that we've all been talking about over the last couple of months on various episodes. Um, that has just been in a real life situation that was not prompted, was just confirmed through that conversation right there. A thousand percent. And, and that's what we always try to encourage on this show and, and, and make a piece of it, especially as far as my um, career and, 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 and my uh, experience has been, I'm, I'm Mr. Advocate of being an entrepreneur, but also um, more strongly finding and, and understanding what you're passionate about, what you like doing and figuring out ways not just to do them more, but more importantly, to monetize them. The more that you can make what you enjoy and are passionate about part of your life, the happier, more enriched your life will be. And people too often allow themselves to struggle and, and schlep through life even, and you can be, um, you can have money and still schlep through life because you're just going to that career that you don't like and you're just going through the motions as opposed to enjoying every day and being able to wake up, feel happy, feel like you're accomplishing stuff and feel like you, you know, you want to be awake and be active. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's about those things, that pursuit that, that really enriches and, 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 and makes that change in your life. And I'm sure Pat, you can, you can um, speak to, to the different feeling that you've had when you had that satisfaction sitting at Gatorade, like, yo, I got a dope career. I actually like my job. Stuff is cool. I make good money. I'm, I'm straight, but I still feel something else. And now that you're actually pursuing that passion and having the opportunity to do it, like I watch your videos all the time on Instagram and on, on Facebook. And, and it's just like Art said, like, I know you from back in the day and you are the exact same, like that passion oozes out into the camera and like the excitement of what you're doing. But that's what, what people like to see. That's what makes people resonate to, um, to your company, to your cooking, because it's like, wow, I'm watching this guy cook and he's, he's passionate about it. He loves it. It's, it's awesome. Um, so who was, who was your first client? Now that you've, you've had the opportunity, you, you went through, you know, your regimen of, of learning how to cook. You've been through the line. Now you're like, you know what? I actually feel confident. I, I got some people who actually say, yo, I, I want a meal. What was, what was that experience? What was that like? All right, so before I even start, I'll say this. I'm still learning how to cook. It's, it, culinary is an industry where there's always something new. That's one, another thing I love about it. People are constantly, chefs are constantly pushing the envelope and reinventing new ways to make food. So I'm still constantly learning to just build upon the things that I've, I've, I've gained so far. But my first client actually was a therapist. And I will shout this out. Yes, there, I was in therapy for a little while. Um, dealing with some life changes and I am an advocate for anybody that realizes that you need to be able to seek professional guidance and information and get skill sets to help you to just in, endure and succeed in life in a different way. So Not to cut uh, you off, what, what made you 
make that acceptance because like right for us that is not the norm right it's not the norm for somebody like a brother to be like yo man i need an outside opinion it's crazy right now and i just need an outside opinion and being able to say that outside opinion is somebody who's paid to do this as opposed to just i'm gonna talk to my homeboy about it what really made you say like yo i'm okay with this and i'm, I'm gonna have to do it so my <laughs> so in the past three years life got interesting for me so i got divorced in 2017 and of course, you see, I have a child. So it, to not go on the whole marital relationship conversation is a whole nother episode. But um, my ex-wife and I were trying to work things out. So in, in that process, we went to a therapist to assist. Um, and we had some group sessions and we had some individual sessions. So the individual sessions really helped me to see myself differently, um, gave me some tools and gave me some uh helped me be more introspective on my interaction with her um, is also helping me to better understand things that I need and things that I want, things I desire in life. So it was literally the trying to rekindle the relationship that led me into therapy, but it allowed me to enjoy it and actually was fortunate to find a good therapist. And that's the key. Some people I think give up on therapists therapy too early because they may not have the right therapist. Sometimes you have to be willing to go through a few people to find that connection of that person that you can really open up with and be honest with and receive the information you're trying to share. But um, getting back, so my therapist ended up being my first client because she learned about me. I learned about her. She had some weight issues that she was concerned about. Like she said how she gained um, several pounds that she'd been married and she, I told her I used to be a personal trainer. Um, so it literally started from a conversation and she said, well, maybe you make some suggestions. Can you show me? So it literally started from the suggestion of I could tell you to make, how to make a smoothie. So I made a little video on just making a smoothie and shared it with her. Um, and then from there she said, well, I know I had one of my challenges. I don't eat enough. Like her eating habits were horrible, to be honest. Like literally just, she was so caught up in work. She's one of those busy people that just focus on work, 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 and literally will work so hard they forget to eat. So literally, she was living off a of Red Bull during the day. So she asked me, well, could you make a meal for me? I said, uh, I think I can. Once again, I was a little nervous, but I said, I think I can. So I literally went to the house and put some things together, just calorie control meal. Um, she told me what her uh, constraints had to be, and I made that, brought it back to her. And she liked it. So I said, well, could you do this for me on a regular basis? I said, I think so. Once again, still nervous because, like, you're not sure. Like, all right, you're going to pay me for this? Yeah, what all does right, this I mean? No like, I'm just supposed to give you free food? <laughs> exactly. Like, I had no idea what to charge and whatnot. So it was, it was, it was, it was a, little, a little unnerving, to say the least. But either way, I kind of figured out, and it was rough. Um, if you look, I could show, like, pictures of some of the first meals I was putting together up until what I'm doing now. But at the end of the day, she was enjoying the flavor of the food. She paid me a certain amount. I'm like, okay, this is working. I'm not losing money. I'm making a little bit. But it was literally her desire to change her eating habits, her desire to try to lose weight, and my knowledge in it, and her belief that, you know what, she felt that I could help her out. And her belief really catapulted to my own belief in myself. And I think sometimes that really helps people, especially when you're going on an entrepreneurial venture, is that you think you can do it, but when you have somebody else that believes in you, that really just, I think that really just brings things together. Like, you know what? If they believe I can, shoot, I know I can do this. So 
I just went with it, started literally making meals for her um, like a couple of weeks. And then she would brag about the food and she started posting about it. And she would tell people in the office about it. So she literally got me maybe two other clients just from her word of mouth. And from there, I started tweaking, which is important. That you start a venture, you got to take notes. You got to assess what you're doing. So I started making changes in the type of containers I use. I made some changes in my price points. I'm making changes in how I prepared the food because I started off doing this cooking in a meal prep uh, mode. So for those of you that are not familiar with meal prep, it's a volume-driven business. So you have to have a lot of customers paying a lot of meals on a regular basis. I was a one-man chef. So literally, I created a restaurant process from shopping to prepping the food to cleaning up to packaging cooking the food to delivering the food i mean all of these things that in a restaurant there i was doing so that one person basically led to about three which led to about another five or six and from that it grew and it was great because it built my confidence. I realized what I was doing and I was learning literally on the job, learning how to tweak things and improve things as I was preparing food for different people, communicating, like literally everything from the emails I would send, setting up a website from this. I mean, being able to make things, the ordering process easier. Okay, I didn't want people just to text me something. So I literally had a website set up in a way they can go on the website, click what they want and receive me the information. So I literally learned to create a business from that one client who referred me to people and I had to just learn on the go. And that really catapulted me to where I am and where I'm going. Because the great thing is she still loves my cooking. She still refers me any chance she can get. She tries to put me in the public eye, gives me opportunities to cook for other people. So it's been fantastic having that one client that believed in me and that still believes me till today. How long has that been now? Uh, it's been actually, it's, been a full year. Um, I started with her uh, the end of September of last year. And that's what really jump-started things. Um, so literally, I would go to her house. At, at, um, I changed my business model. So before, um, I was cooking in a commercial kitchen, but that kind of got pricey. So I basically changed my model. So now I go to my clients' homes and I cook for them in their home. So when she's ready for me, she'll have me come by. I'll cook on a Sunday, prepare meals two, three days out in advance. Um, and everything's left in the fridge. But she has different events where she's tied to the city or let's say actually had a, um, a surprise birthday party for her husband, had about eight guests, and she said, I want you to cook for it. So she invited me to cook, and that gave me another opportunity to cook for other people. They loved it, and it created other referrals. So I'm in a business which is great where the more people I can expose my talent, there's more people that are now mouthpieces to continue to expose me to more and more and more. That's awesome. I think um, one of the, the biggest keys of especially your entrepreneurial journey that I've listened to is, is bro, you keep your eyes open. And, and it's something I, again, I tell people all the time, like you can, um, and I heard a great analogy today. They said that uh, life is like, um, you're on this island, you're on one end of it, there's a jungle in the middle, and then like the end of life is on the other side of the jungle. And like your journey is how are you going to get through this jungle and you can, you know, to have an enriched life is the other side of the island or you can live your normal life and just be safe over here on the one side of the island that you're on. To get to that enriched life, you have to get through the jungle. How are you going to navigate that way? And it's, it's being able to have your eyes and ears open as you're doing that navigation to be able to say, hey, look, 
my my goal is to get here but the beauty is the destination or the the journey excuse me of getting there like that's really where it comes and being able to adapt properly and and not um look a gift horse in the mouth right in the sense where there are too many opportunities where you could have have said you know what I don't need to do this. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to go ahead and keep on fighting. Like, there were so many hurdles and, and obstacles put in your way, and, and you kept on saying, you know what, nah, this is what I like to do. I'm still going to try to figure out a way. But being able to, like BJ said, you voiced the fact that you wanted to do it, and, and it was something that you were interested in outside of yourself. It takes um, a strong will for people to be able to say, hey, look, this is something I'm talented at, but more importantly, like, something I want to do. It took me forever with DJ and to really feel like I'm a DJ and even still now I battle with, you know, being able to like, yo, I'm a dope DJ, but it's, it's hard to take those um, gifts and talents that you have and really feel that they are worthy of being monetized. Um, but then also the fact that you were able to, as you get this first client, the way that you've been able to rework them, but rework them through um, one of the key pieces you talked about when you wanted to start your entrepreneurial um endeavors was good customer service and you know making sure the food's good and that that has been the i there's nobody 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 i can think of i've eaten their food and paid for their food for weeks on end let alone a year so nothing but kudos to you my brother it obviously speaks volumes for how tasty the food is um and and yeah i mean i've come to your barbecue and i definitely have had a a couple meals, and that was a while ago. That was before you. That was about two. Yeah, man, we got to do that again, man. We got to brush <laughs> off that grit. We got to do it again because the food definitely has elevated since then. <laughs> Death, yo, we got to do it. Well, I've been talking to um Pat offline. We definitely about to get some collabo things going on. Um, I know I have not told y'all world, but about our sauce, we got our sauce um that is uh about to come out with my dog Dre um over there at Palmer's Collection um. Guava Brava. It's, it's a dope, uh, great sauce. I got to send Pat a bottle. I've been... Please, uh, please, man. I'm looking yeah, forward to working that into some middle. Crazy, but we are in the bottling process. We uh, are excited to have everybody taste it. P. Diddy's going to give us some recipes, all of that good stuff. So y'all be sure to, to stay tuned, and I'm going to be dropping that link real soon of where everybody can go buy it. But now, you, you know, you, you've taken this journey into to being a chef. You're on this entrepreneurial endeavor. I've seen you cook some meat before, uh, pause. However, <laughs> you know, I was tuned in a couple weeks ago and I, and, and, you know, I saw this, this, like, you just had like a, a, a full, just like breakdown of like, look, man, I made this change to plant-based. It's been, um, and that's what it was. I saw you on your, your vacation. You was out there somewhere yeah. full with no mosquitoes. Um, you know, I was over here looking jelly, uh, but you know, <laughs> You said it was it was a little bit of a mission because you didn't have the proper press preparation as you went out um, on your vacation. Correct. A vegan and didn't you know take the time to uh, and being a new vegan, uh, take the time to you know make that preparation. Kind of think ahead of what your meals would be. Um, so tell us about what made you make that change. Tell us about this journey and what you want to get. I know you had some strong points about people who were looking to make that change and and, and what it entails. So I'll say this, just for a point of clarification. So within the plant-based world, you have vegetarian, but then you have vegan. I'm not at the vegan stage. Once you become vegan, you don't have any animal product in your body whatsoever. No so lettuce, still, nothing. 
Nothing, nothing. So veganism is like literally a whole lifestyle cultural change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at that point. Um, for me, I just wanted to weed out the animal protein as a source. I'm still trying to wean off of um, dairy. Like I've pretty much gotten almost all dairy out of tons of alternative cheeses. I don't do um, actual cow's milk. I haven't done that for years. Um, but I still have baked goods. Every now and then I still like pancakes. Um, I still may have a cake or something and I'll eat it out of the restaurant. So I know it has eggs in it. Um, I'm still working the weed out of that. But for the most part, no, I don't have any animal based protein, any meat or anything in my normal day to day. So for me, I'll start with the reason why I wanted to do it. I just look at it as it's something that my body has reacted to in a positive way. Um, just seeing research, um, seeing tons of documentaries, um, realizing that having going plant-based um, is beneficial to my heart, beneficial to my blood, um, how I function. It's something that's working for me. I get into conversations with some people and I try not to be preaching. I mean, I can be long-winded and I love to speak, but I try to get preaching when it comes to food. Because at the end of the day, I always try to tell people this. You have to learn your body and do what's best for your body. If you feel that you want to have, you know, some meat here and there and plant-based, mix it up. You just want to go all meat, smoke cigarettes and drink, and you live to 85, your grandma did. Fine, that works for you. I have to do what's great for me. I have an eight-year-old son, and I'm trying to be around as long as I possibly can for him. So by me making this um, nutritional choice, this is what I feel has been working for me. And I literally, I was a pescatarian. So for those that don't know pescatarian, I mean, I only ate seafood um, as the only uh, animal source. I was doing that for about the past, say, year and a half. And I just dropped, stopped eating seafood about three months ago. So for me, that going from pescatarian to being a vegetarian was not a hard transition. Man, that's not a huge jump. It's really not. So for me, it became what I desire. And I no longer desire to have seafood. Some people look at me like, don't you miss chicken? Don't you miss a good steak? I have no desire for it. What I've learned though in this, this plant-based um, journey is that my philosophy is this when it comes to food. I believe that our brain really recognizes flavors and textures. So some of us that feel that we miss meat, I don't think you really miss meat. I just think that you have there's certain flavors and textures from meat that you enjoy but when you learn how to either go to places that know how to prepare it or learn how to prepare it yourself, vegetables, grains, they all can taste the same way, have the same texture. It's amazing the things you can do with chickpeas, the things you can do with cauliflower. When you have um, alternative um, protein sources as far as tempeh, uh, tofu, some great things you can do with it to get any flavor profile, whether you like something sweet, spicy, uh, savory, the umami flavor, all these different things, you can get those flavors. But I think that is a a very strong and great point that that people don't realize what their thought process is, is on the the mouth feel and the texture and the taste of what they're eating is really what they miss. And it's not about, um, you know, the intimidation in the sense of thinking I'm not going to have any type of, of animal protein, right? Because I've, I've converted my mom, you know, at least brought her into the realm of uh, eating plant-based proteins uh, with, you know, the different types of burgers and, and things that they have on the market where the first time I did it, I didn't even let her know what I was putting in, into the um, spaghetti. 
she ate it and was just like, this is some of the best spaghetti I, I've had in a minute. And it's just like, yeah, there's no little weird little fat meaty pieces that you're just <laughs> that gristle. You left out the gristle. Exactly. So I tell her, and she's just like, oh, wow. So now everything is like, she's got me at the store. Get the burgers and get the chicken nuggets and get the egg. You know what I mean? Like, she's willing to take it all. But it's because it took, A, it took a long time for them to find a product on the market well, for me to find a product on the market that had that provided exactly what you're talking about, that taste and that mouthfeel of feeling like, okay, I'm not, um, I'm not eating a plant. And I like, it's, it's weird to say that, but like, that's the way that you grow up where it's like, you got to be a man about it. Like you, you're supposed to eat some meat, some protein and like, that's the way it's supposed to be. So when you're, you're eating only plants, you feel like, man, I'm, am I not being a strong person? Am I not being, you know, the manly dude I should be because I'm eating only plants I want to get that kind of feeling of uh, like I, I had to kill something to, to eat it. And so being able to have that that texture, that taste. Um, and just like you said, there are so many different products on the market. I've I've had like um shout out to um uh, my guy Sammy, his wife Jessica. She makes um, I think they're called benditas. They're like uh little uh uh, tortillas with with the the refried beans in them, and she'll just like uh, you know cook them on the on the stove. But then she'll also sometimes put in the vegan uh, Italian sausage, which is like the craziest thing that I'd ever think to put in there. But I'm telling you, it is so fire. It's like the the bomb breakfast I could ever try. So shout out, they probably ain't even listen but one time. Um, so you're on a plant based journey. Uh, what are some of the struggles you found? Like I said, I, I know I saw you were talking about um, your vacation, but what are some of the struggles that you found as you made this transition? Well, the, the struggle is more just really, I would say vacation. Locally, it's not a struggle because for one, for one, I cook. So I can create the food that I want. Um, two, here um, in South Florida, there are tons and tons of vegetarian, tons of vegan um, restaurants you can go to even when I'm out on the go. Um, I'll go to even a place like... Um, there's a cool place in Davia, uh, Raw Delicious I like to go to. There's a cool place in Miami, uh, Limoni Cafe. So there's tons of places that have options for you locally. Now, going overseas, what I forgot to mention in the video I did drop is that there actually are apps. Um, one of them, I believe, is uh, Cow... Don't give me the line. Um, there are several apps that actually can tell you locations of every vegan or vegetarian restaurant around the world. So just using those apps, you can find restaurants. I completely forgot about it. So when I was there, I was limited. So literally I go to places and literally it was just rice, beans, um, plantains, and salad. I found an Italian restaurant, so I had some pasta with vegetables, but that was it. So my meals were repetitive. But the way my mind works, as long as I'm getting nutrients, I'm okay. Some people literally get bored from eating the same thing. And they'll say, you know, I can't do this. It's stupid. I'm going back. And that's why they give up. But that's not how I'm wired. Because I've realized, you know, I have sustenance. Like my mentality also is I eat to live. I don't live to eat. So I've gotten enough nourishment in my body. I'm fine. I'm not eating to be full anymore. I'm cool. So the jerk, the complication was just harder just being out of my element and not really knowing. Like if I used maybe the app, I could have probably found some restaurants in town. I would have to drive farther. But that would have had would have not been able to accommodate me in the things that I wanted to have, or I mean, there was a grocery store. But I was in vacation most. I really didn't want to cook, so there was a grocery store and walking distance. I literally could have just gone to the grocery store every single day and just bought everything I needed and just been cooking. But I just chose not to cook. 
But outside of that, the difficulty for me has not been that bad. Well, I'm not gonna say that bad. It hasn't been bad at all because I'm just finding different ways to enjoy foods, enjoy fruits, enjoy vegetables, enjoy different grains, create different sauces, and just have fun with it. Like literally, I follow a couple different um, people on Instagram to have uh, plant-based um, uh, accounts and just get menus, recipes from there and try them. Like just telling you guys earlier, this vegan mac and cheese is phenomenal. And you'd be surprised that literally you, you are, you're mimicking something that you grew up eating, this mac and cheese, and realize there's no dairy in it at all. When you see how you combine, literally, it's going to sound crazy, carrots, potatoes, almond milk, and then just some seasonings blended up. It creates this sauce that literally looks like cheese, and it has flavors like cheese that you remember. And when you eat, it's like, God, dog, are you serious? So it's just literally, once again, flavor profiles. When you understand how to create great flavor, living a plant-based lifestyle is not difficult. Some people will make the argument that, hey, well, you need animal protein to be big. Like, you exercise, you run. Like, I'm training for a half marathon. I'm doing a half marathon December 8th. So I'm excited and ready for it. And people look at you like, well, how are you going to maintain your size? How can you maintain energy if you're not getting animal protein? I'm still 6'3", about 222 pounds. I run about 18 to 20 miles every week. And I have not, don't eat chicken, no fish, no steak. No, I don't have any of that in my body. And I'm still maintaining my muscle mass. I'm still strong, still thriving in a, in a highly active work week or exercise week. So yeah, I really believe we get in our own way when it comes to trying to make a nutritional change. And it's not difficult at all. It's just really finding things you like and discovering things you may not have liked but being open to enjoying great flavors. And it's very doable. Awesome. Um, Happy cow. Yeah. I'll Happy cow. That's one of, okay. Yeah, that's the one that I, when I went on my, after I watched um, one documentary on Netflix, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Give it a of it. Threw all the eggs, threw everything in the house. I was like, we're going to do this today. So my wife and I got together. We did it. We were, all right, we're going to, we stopped. We were like just blending smoothies in the morning. We did like salads in the afternoon. It was like very like hardcore done. And I, after a week, I was like, I got to choose something. I got to choose something. This is, this is, this is getting rough. Um, but it means the body needs more time to adjust the process. But I downloaded the Happy Cow app somebody told me that this is like maybe two years ago and i'm sure it's even better now but it was very it was still glitchy back then but now i'm sure you can do whatever you want across the world so yeah happy cow if you don't know not not a sponsor but a good a good uh vegan vegetarian i mean it has all kinds of options there for you uh do some talking to happy cow might have to see and actually might need to see if there's a um there might be a um a black based one too you know we always like to support support you um fact one big question I have is your son uh, on this on this That's journey. Oh boy, <laughs> That's what's um. You know what? And 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 I battle with this because I think well, how I grew up, I grew up eating everything. He's not on his journey yet, but because I cook, he enjoys my food. He's open to trying new things. So um, when I'm making plant-based dinners, he at least tries them. 
he still is going to have red meat. He still eats chicken. So it's going to be hard I, for any parent out there. This is perfect. For any parent who is on a plant-based journey and is trying to get their kids on it, one of my best advice is this. Start them very young. So ideally, if you're starting your kid before and they're one, two, if you don't give them any meat, they're not going to miss it. But if you've missed that window and they're like five and six and you're trying to start them out, you control the food that comes in the house. So your child is going to eat, at least in your house, what you provide. Unfortunately, they go to school. So in school, would they break down and have a chicken nugget? Probably. Would they break down and have pepperoni pizza? Probably. But in your house, you control what's coming in that fridge. You control what's going in that stove. So any parent that's trying to get their kids on it later in life, they're going to eat what you provide them. So once again, make it taste good and they'll be fine. So the food that I make, the plant-based dinners I have, or even lunches, I mean, they're fine. Like even for him with breakfast now, like I used to make him like an omelet, egg sandwich um, sometimes, but now I'm switching. I only make him smoothies for breakfast. So I'll put together some almond milk, bananas, avocado, um, throw together some hemp seed, chia seeds, protein powder, and boom, that's his breakfast whenever I'm making it. So I'm sneaking it into him to try to, you know, slowly at least create more opportunities where he's not focused on just trying to get animal protein. In. So he's not converted at this point. Hey, well, I, I commend your effort. A uh, <laughs> again, my guy, Sammy, his son is a little over two now. Um, but he, he's been uh, vegan his whole life. And so he's never, and I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually uh, made the slip one time and gave um, Seth, that's my uh, nephew. <laughs> I gave him, <laughs> I gave him a little piece of, uh, I think it was a piece of chicken nugget or something. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I didn't want to say no, but I didn't realize. So, yeah, you know, again, I apologize to my nephew, all of y'all. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, again, I commend you on, on you know, bringing them into there. But it's um, to kind of widen it. I always tell everybody, too, you got to count your wins, not your losses, right? Don't get so caught up in acting like he has to be a, a, a vegan or a vegetarian right now and be able to look when, when I make him breakfast, I'm able to make these smoothies. When I make him meals, I know that I can do this and, and being able to be thankful for what you can control instead of being so distraught about the, Oh, but this, he's eating that pork outside my house though. I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> so uh, yeah. in, the, in the end, it's like, I, I kind of see you want to teach him like about making smarter choices, right? Again, we can do whatever. It's like that the food is like any other thing, lesson or, or thing you want to do in your house. Once they're outside of your house, you can only hope and pray that what you taught them, they're going to carry on because you know it's the best thing for them. But we all know that we do everything our parents wanted us to do once we left the house out of sight. No. But at the same time, again, it's planting the seed and eventually see, you know what, when I do eat this, something don't feel right or I don't feel the same after I, when I eat this, then I do this. So let me go back to what mom and dad said or, or research it myself because when I own it, that's a different process. Then just like you said, what I bring, what I just, like, like, I don't get the whole thing with parents like, well, what do you want to eat tonight? What do you want to eat? I'm going to make three or four different meals for you. Like, no, what I make for dinner is for dinner. If you don't that's it. Eat, then, that's There's it. options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't got options like that. Like every night I may give you options, but for the most part, no. But then <laughs> we, 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 we put them this, this, these options and, and then we want to get mad at them later on in life. Like, why do we do that? We set ourselves up for failure. A hundred percent. And and 
adults stop stop acting like you're five right understand that your your taste palettes have grown and evolved just like hopefully your minds have stop being so um closed-minded with taking the opportunity to try new things um also don't um inflict on your children just because you don't like something doesn't mean that they don't like it right and that does not just apply to food but that applies to life as well like we are not um except for pat of course have not had the opportunity to clone ourselves and so (laughs) (laughs) like you, you there is no way to determine or to solidify and even over time like your palate changes your ideals change your thoughts change what you like changes so stop being so close-minded, especially when it comes to food, but also when it comes to other things, um, when it comes to your children. Allow them to experience and learn for themselves what they like and really want to do because I, I've got a huge news flash for you. You actually do not know. So you have to <laughs> live that life and enjoy that journey. You were there for guidance, not for um, complete uh, direction. Um, hey, Fresh, I got I to gotta say, I think I didn't like tomatoes until four years ago because I was ingrained that tomatoes are bad. Oh, no, take them off, take them off, take them off. My son hates tomatoes. <laughs> and I'm just like, they're so good. There's so much water, so much, you know, water and good stuff in there. But, yeah, it's it just now I, I can't not have it on a burger or whatever it may be, or whatever, even vegan burgers, no matter what it is. But just funny that because my mom to this day still goes, oh, no, no tomatoes, but, but loves ketchup. So it's just an oxymoron of like, so you like it in, in process form, but not in a real form. So I'm about to say it'll be those things that, or it'll be. Um, uh, I had a friend who he he hates eggs, right? And and my thing is like, how can you hate eggs? Like, unless it's because you know you're a vegan or you're vegetarian. Like, how do you hate eggs? Mm-hmm. Well, I got egged when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> eggs and like anytime eggs, anything, I just that smell comes back up to me. And what? Wow. But he's also the one trying to slap eggs off his son's plate. And I'm like, bro, it has nothing to do with you. Relax. Let that man enjoy some eggs. We all eat eggs. You don't have to have them. But don't don't stop his uh, uh, program. Um, P. Diddy. All right. So I want to get into to this, this vegetarian mode. Um, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a steak eater. Um, 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 you know, I love me some chicken. What is your first meal that you would be like, Here, here's your entree into getting into the vegetarian lifestyle? I think this is something dope that would, uh, you know, help you kind of get the understanding of, of what vegetarianism can bring and, and, and offer you by way of delicious food. Uh, so two things. So you mentioned steak or beef and then you mentioned chicken. I would actually look at creating a mushroom burger for you because just so I think so many people underestimate the amazing flavor, the amazing unctuousness of mushrooms. So I would make a mushroom burger for you. Uh, we can go with a vegan cheese on it, throw some nice um, kale on it, and a great sauce. Um, probably use a, maybe a brioche bread, toast it properly. The sauce is going to be key. All right. And then on the side of that, I would actually fry up some cauliflower. I like to season my like to use um, chickpea flour with it when I fry the cauliflower, season it up, salt, pepper, a little paprika. Now that's going to give you a crunch and it's going to, once again, have a nice sauce on the side 
that will remind you almost of that chicken nugget. So I would have that mushroom burger with a side of fried cauliflower. And when you put those together, you'd be like, hey, why did I need that beef? Why did I have to have that, have that bird? <laughs> so literally, those would be the first things I would throw at you. And once you bit into it, it would probably just make you just pause. Because once again, it is the, the seasoning and the sauce. Like some people, like one of the things, first things I learned when I was cooking, I read a great book called Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat. Um, it's an amazing book for any young chef that's out there um, or any home cook. But one of the things that, that differentiates that chef from a home cook is the uses of salt, usage of sauces. When you add a sauce to a dish, it literally can elevate it. It can almost mask any mistakes you may have made. Transform me Exactly. So me putting that sauce in that mushroom burger, me adding that sauce for you to dip that fried cauliflower in, you will literally be on a whole nother level. Matter of fact, as soon as you get back, come on by. You got to get this fried cauliflower. It's going to be on the menu for Thanksgiving. You will fall in love with what I'm telling you. I use a, a great um, curry sauce that I go with it. It's phenomenal. I love curry, um, and that is a great segue. Go ahead. Even though I know, uh, world, you guys, uh, all who celebrate Thanksgiving, have already had the opportunity to eat their meals. And I'm sure most of y'all heathens have had turkey, but um, we are going to go ahead and let <laughs> my guy Pat drop what is going to be or what has been now officially on your uh, Thanksgiving menu. Well, one of the things I've learn to do is collaborate. So there's going to be several people at the house this time. So I'm not doing all the cooking. I've done that before. It is exhausting to be a one man show cooking for yes. Thanksgiving. So um, there will be meat in the building, but so I'll give you the animal protein and the plant-based things that are going to be on the menu. So the menu will uh, comprise of uh, a crab stuffed salmon. I'm going to prepare that. Um, we're going to do some smoked turkey wings, uh, I'm also going to have some ribeye steaks that um, I'm not cooking the ribeye steak. Um, that'll be on the menu. We're going to have some lobster mac and cheese. We're going to have that next to vegan mac and cheese that I'm going to prepare. Um, we're going to do some sauteed kale with some golden raisins and some sliced almonds. Um, add some full texture and sweetness to the kale. I have some great oh, the side of the fried cauliflower will also be on the menu. Um, we have probably about four different desserts. Oh, I'm sorry, let me back, let me back up. There will be salad. And as, I'll mention, as I say salad, I pause because the funny thing is when people think about vegetarians and vegetarians go out to eat, they always get nervous. In that salad. You know, because people always make a joke, well, I'm a vegetarian. Well, I got salad. That's not the only thing vegetarians eat. <laughs> but there will be salad on this menu, but I always just have to laugh. Because people say, it's because you provide a salad. Oh, great. Yeah, the vegetarian here. It's, it's a salad. salad, baby. <laughs> Yeah, but it will be some salad on the menu um, as well. But um, in desserts, I just made some brownies that I'm going to ex um, uh, elevate a little bit. I have my brownies I made now, but I'm going to actually add some powdered sugar. I'm going to do some um, candied uh, orange peel to go on top of that. I'm going to make um, some small apple pie balls. So it's going to be like a little a mini apple pie. So um, And I'm going to top it with a little... Cranberry sauce and a dollop of cream. Not and a dollop. You don't put a dollop, dollop on it. A dollop. Stop. Dollop of cream. Cool. <laughs> and we're going to have a traditional uh, sweet potato pie. Yeah. So hope. So the menu should be pretty nice. But fortunately, I'm not going to be the only one cooking, which is going to be great. Oh, 
Um, it will also be some rice and peas on the menu. There's some Caribbean folks going to be in the house. So it will be rice and peas. Bringing a bumba cloud rice and peas in the mind. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, and, and yes, he is that guy who acts so fly. He do got that sweet potato pie, too. I don't know if he got one of the men. That man was breaking up one of the mini pies earlier uh, when we first got on the man, call. Yeah. Man. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Yes, yes. Y'all talked about the Queen's pies, but P. Diddy's pies, well, well you know, they go to your thighs. Uh, and don't let that fool you. One of my yeah. buddies, I posted a picture. One of my buddies just texted me like, yo, how much you charging for them pies? <laughs> so hey, there's an opportunity. So I'm going to go sell exactly. a pie tomorrow. His hands are big. His hands are big. That pie is actually pretty big. Don't yeah, look, look at it. Go, oh, man, it's a small pie. That's a The man, man, it's big pie. You can get eight slices out of that thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, before we wrap up, I want to um, bring it over to Art's Corner. My guy, what you got to vent on today? What, what has happened? We already yeah. started, started slightly hearing about the roof. Yeah, so, so today was just an opportunity to, to choose the path I wanted to take. Um, I could have been, could have had anger or could have seen the, the end goal and where I'm going to go with the process for it. Um, the roofing issue at the house. So, for instance, just so you guys know, I got to put the new roof on. Um, that is an unexpected expense that came out of nowhere. I knew it was going to come. I knew it was there. I knew I had, I thought I had a good six months or years to do that process. Um, got a phone call today that we said earlier. And during that call, um, I realized that, you know what, the person I bought the house from should have fixed this and it should have been the way it was. So I, I could have, you know, went the anger away and made phone calls and texts. I could just say, you know what, it's an opportunity for me. I'm going to get this fixed. I'm going to write it off and take my time to get it going and then move on and take it as a learning lesson. So there are times when you will see things in life where you can react. Do you control destiny of the process for it? And I chose to make this one a learning opportunity for me, get it right, get it fixed, get someone in there who can properly rent there, but let them see that I'm putting on a new roof. That gives that renter the confidence and ability that this person is not just um, – using someone to jimmy jam it up or make it really uh i can't think of the word for it but just kind of going there and thoughts together he's actually investing in this property that i'm going to be living in and that person now can see that it's a quality uh living for them so i've told myself i said it before on this podcast that i'm about doing the right thing um at the right cost for the people to make sure they're living in a quality environment and I'll stand by that. My word and my, my reputation means more to me than trying to shortcut that. So getting angry wouldn't do anything. It's all about doing the right thing and just moving on and learning. Now I know I'll put that into the budget for the next house and make sure I can walk up there and go for it properly. Hey, just like Scarface said, you got two things in this world, your word and your books. So uh, make sure. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wheezy. What's going on in Weezy's world? What you got? What you got for the people? All right, so something it kind of replayed today, and I know you, everybody's gonna see this after Thanksgiving. But um, we're going in, the, in that thankful season and moving into the Christmas holiday, and there a lot more people are in the giving spirit and want to help people out. So one thing I want like to remind people to be conscious of, like I, the fact helping somebody is great, um, but take take a second and stop and think about what you're doing when let's let's just say um there's plenty of groups adopting families or or or, or providing meals for for families for thanksgiving this holiday season right but 
one of my biggest pet peeves and, and people I I know why they're doing it, but it's like the underlying underlying cause of it, root of it. Like not everybody wants to be identified as being needy and you're giving things to them. So people want to post pictures with them of giving them all the food in their hands. Are you giving the hand to the family the food or hand to the family the stuff? Or we went to go deliver this thing and they got all the presidents walking up with the whole family. They want them to smile for a picture. Like you're really putting family and people on the spot and then all the stuff is going on social media and all these other things around around the way. So my, my push today was a lot of, and even organizations I'm a part of are doing it right now. And I had a reflection period this morning where I'm seeing pictures being posted. I'm like, yeah, you're pulling a kid in the school to say, yeah, we as an organization are giving you this because you're so needy. Yes, they're needy, but they don't need to be reminded that they're needy and made a public announcement of it. Um, so just be, just be conscious of that. Like, if you're going to do things, do things because it's the right thing to do and you want to help somebody. It doesn't have to be made known to the world and posted on social media. If you want to make a post that we did something, we adopted the family, but you don't have to make that family post for the picture and put it all out there too. Because one thing people don't realize is that um, no matter where you live at nowadays, except in some exclusive places, like people are struggling all over, right? It's not, it's not a neighborhood thing. If you think about, I'm in the education field, and when you think about Title I schools, which is based on the percentage of families that live at a certain income level or the household at a certain income level as reported, right? But you got to think, there's a lot of people in Broward County alone. I'm in Broward County now. It used to be that the West schools were, they used to say the West is the best. Well, a lot of my West schools are turning into Title I schools, which means at least 70% of the population is at that threshold of, of monthly income. So, which means free and reduced lunch is going up. Um, more people are needing, more people are doing without to live a lifestyle that looks like they're, they're succeeding, right? So people are struggling and it's hard nowadays. Nobody, not everybody wants to be put on blast because they're receiving assistance. So when you're going to give a family a basket, when you're going to make that donation, just keep in consideration the human side of it from their perspective and kind of just, just take that in consideration before you go out and run and throw everything out on social media and, and blast everything about all the business out there like that. We're, we're, we're notorious for doing it in the schools, right? We give, we send home the food packs on the weekends for all the kids who we know or don't have food at home, whatever, and everybody goes home with that big bright red backpack after school on walking home or on the bus on Fridays for food on the afternoon. We're notorious for doing it in public education. I just think we gotta find a better way to do it so we're not exploiting and making it known that somebody else is struggling, we're just helping them because it's the right thing to do. Wow, great point, great, great point. Um, <clears throat> So I got the affirmation for today. I think it ties in well, especially with the conversation we've had with Pat. Um, positive thoughts expand within me and I open myself to all possibilities and abundance of the universe now. I am calm, clear, and confident. I trust myself. I know I deserve to be happy and I take uh, time for, er for myself every day. I think that um, just as you saw in past journey, being able to... Uh, be open and, and accepting to all the possibilities that, you know, the universe brings your way. Uh, the, the fact that he was able to, to, to not allow the hurdles in, in what could have been uh, easily pieces to stop him from pursuing his passion 
that he still said, you know, you know what? Nah, I still have this fire burning inside me. I still want to do it. And he's found a way and he's still continuing to, um, to grow. He's still, just like he said, he's found something that is a, a lifelong learning process, right? He said, as a, as a chef, he continues to learn every day. And that's the beautiful thing to find something that you can be passionate about, but that can continue to feed your curiosity that that kid like curiosity and hunger to to want to learn to want to ki- keep on um accomplishing and to do more so we definitely on the 13th floor uh appreciate you coming out p um and but more yeah. importantly like we're proud of you dog like it's it's, it's awesome yeah. to see somebody come from you know where we've all come from and and be able to do the things that you've done but more importantly, I'm always uh, more excited about people who take that entrepreneurial step and say, you know, with my success in corporate America, I really want something more on my own. And so the fact that you've been able to do that and take the reins on your own, nothing more but kudos. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted to make sure I got you to go ahead and uh, parachute into the 13th floor today. Definitely appreciate it, man. And love the, I love this uh, platform. Love what you guys are doing. Definitely want to chime in a lot more, man. It's good to see young brothers just sharing thoughts about more than just sports and women. Hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, man. So just definitely keep me in the loop. We'll, we'll love to just be a part of it, continue to grow and continue to expand and just share some knowledge and just see people grow. See, it's all win, man. That's what it's about. Win, 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 win. Um, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, just like you always know, you can find us on iTunes, Vimeo, uh, what else? Instagram, okay. Facebook, uh, YouTube, YouTube, anywhere that we can be heard, SoundCloud, we, we got it dropping and we appreciate every time that you guys tune in. Um, always want to encourage you guys to comment. Let us know if there's anything else you want to hear more about. Um, but also just let us know how we're doing. You know, we do this out of straight passion and, and mm-hmm. enjoyment of, you know, past hearing our voices. But let us know if we're doing a <laughs> job, if there is, you know, stuff that you guys want to hear about. Or, um, yeah, like I said, nobody, uh, nobody's going to turn away getting uh, patted on the back. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> so once again, thank y'all for tuning in to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best. But them views, baby. They're amazing. Amazing. 128. 129. The 13th floor. Oh, wow. The 13th floor.